in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Top 10. I am John Roca. And I am uh, Matt Nose to apologize for our slight uh, tardiness. We had some technical difficulties on the back end, but it looks like it's all sorted out now. So we are ready to roll. So if, for everybody that showed up for the live stream that uh, is a patron, uh, welcome in. Yes. And uh, we hope you enjoy today's show. And if you want to be part of the live stream that uh, we do this twice a month, uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. And you can join us uh, over there and uh, be here twice a month when we do our live shows. The next one's going to be on Black Friday because we're not going to record on uh, Thanksgiving itself. So right. Uh, right. can't wait to see you guys on Black Friday. But um, technical issues aside, how are you? Uh, I'm okay. I apologize to everybody. You know, Matt's being kind of, to apologize for us. It's my fault. I couldn't. I was a little rushed because we had a screening for House of Gucci that was delayed a little bit. Apparently, they hadn't uploaded the movie into the theater in time by the time we were supposed to start so we had to wait a few minutes then i didn't realize the movie was two hours and 37 minutes long holy crap oh i thought it was gonna be standard i didn't even bother to check the runtime because i didn't think it was gonna be that big of a deal then i looked at it as they're about to start i'm like are you kidding me right now so pretty insane um i got a lot of thoughts on that one other other it's a maddening movie i'll just leave it at that and then we'll go from there but like so it's my apologies and then i couldn't get the camera to work for about five minutes so it's a little weird on this old this MacBook Pro, man, I'm going to trade this thing in. I got to get a new one because this is just driving me nuts. How many times these extenders and whatever uh, uh, cause issues here um, throughout. And Cam Link, can't you create something that isn't USB connected? Create a, create a Cam Link 4K that slides conveniently into the MacBook Pro. I'll pay extra. I'll pay extra. Why? So, uh, I huh? think your problem there is MacBook Pro. <laughs> Well, if you use PC, right. you have more options, whereas Apple, it's going to be Apple approved only or Apple, yeah. you know, created. And then it's got a specific connection as opposed to a standard USB-C. Yeah, that little yeah, thing. Yeah, the lightning port or whatever. But I've got to buy these little connectors that have the USB connecting thing in them in order to use it. So it's just so frustrating. Yeah. And this stupid. is why it has trouble reading it. Sometimes I have to switch them and switch it out and all do all the whole dance. So other than that, though. Uh, I'm doing okay. It's Veterans Day as we're recording this. So, you know, a lot of uh, memories and thinking about, uh, you know, the people that have made the ultimate sacrifice for this country, for our rights, our way of life and all of mm -hmm. that. Certainly being a former military man, an eight-year military man, um, it's a day I certainly take a, at least a little bit of time to think about that for sure. But uh, running around with a chicken uh, with my head cut off today as well, because after this, jumping over and watching the uh, Rocky Four. Uh, director's cut that it's out in theaters for one showing one night only tonight at 5 p.m. So I'm going to head on over there and watch that. So I'm surprised you don't have tickets. This. this is your favorite Rocky movie. It's an extra 30 minutes, Matt. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it is my favorite Rocky. It's not even close. Mm -hmm. But it's not like uh, what is the 30 minutes really going to give you? They cut out the robot. They did, which is a great little. Does it help the movie? No, but but it's a nice, you know, basically touchstone to the 80s yeah. to have this overly complex, simplistic machine in there. 
and shows the extravagance and wealth that Rocky was at, that he's just pissing away a money on, on a robot Butler that really doesn't do anything. Right. Uh, it gives you a nice insight into who the character was at that point. Oh, oh uh, they've showed clips of it online. Some of the new stuff and there's more with Drago. There's more with between him and Apollo Creed. Apollo apparently does launch some comeback in the fight against Drago that they cut out of the movie. There's more with him and Adrian. There's that scene from the original trailer where he goes toe to toe with the um, the the uh, uh, conference, the uh, what do you call it? the the WBC, WBA, IBF, whatever, whoever's in charge of the title. He mm-hmm. the the hearing he has, they've included that back into the movie. So uh, I'm I'm just really curious to see what more what more we're gonna get. And I'm excited, and apparently he's doing a Q and A afterwards. So we'll see how long that lasts. Um, but because uh, the film was already what like almost two hours already, so you had another thirty that, minutes. Yeah. It's another two hour, what, 15 minute movie or two hour, 20 minute movie. Insane. So, yeah, it could be, could be great. Um, yeah. No idea. Uh, what you're describing sounds interesting. Um, I'll yeah. be curious as to whether or not the film needs it. Cause occasionally there is like a director's cut that comes out. It's far superior. Yes. Yeah. Like Watchmen or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, mm-hmm. that's the way to see it. Don't, yeah. you know, the other one's fine or it's not even that good. Yeah. The director's yeah. cut sometimes is the preferred way eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be curious if that is the case here and why this one of all the Rockies that yeah. he's specifically going back for to add stuff into because I think there are other that are more flawed like Rocky 5 where maybe if you fleshed out certain areas I would care more Yeah, cut out some of the stuff with the sun I realize that's your son but yeah, uh, so that's probably why he's not going to touch that one I don't think there's a way to improve that one you know, like like Coppola coming out with that new Godfather three coda, that was terrible. There was no difference. I mean, he moved some stuff around, but the overall uh, film itself wasn't. It wasn't an improvement. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. It wasn't an improvement. It's still not a good movie overall. There are some good scenes, but overall as a film, it's not good. And I think with Rocky five, there's only the end scene is worth watching, and the flashback with Mickey, which I think is part of the end fight anyway. So. That's the stuff worth watching. Everything else is just kind of not good. And Stallone, I rarely say this about Stallone as an actor. He is not good in that movie. Like it's just like mm. some of the things they're making him do and having him go with Tony, uh, go back and forth with. Uh, is it Tony Morrison? Is that no? What's what's his name? Tommy What's-ism? Morrison. Tommy Morrison. Go to toe to toe with him. You're just like what the hell, you know? So just didn't look that right. So, but I think with this one, just like you, I think a lot of people feel like this is their favorite Rocky. I mean, they respect the first Rocky as a Best Picture winner. But this is their favorite Rocky. So he thought, well, you know, I'll go and add some stuff. Plus, it's America versus Russia. That's now popped up again. And so maybe he mm-hmm. feels it's a bit topical. And dropping it on Veterans Day is no coincidence. So, oh, of course not. I mean, that thing <laughs> screams of patriotism. Exactly. So, this smart day to put it out. Um, oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I'll wait for the assessment, you know, that you'll give and others will give as to yeah. whether or not it's worth my time. I think the first one is it's great the way it is yeah yeah. Uh, so maybe the 30 minutes will help help flesh out um or will it just be basically the uh, stallone's hubris and grandiosity um thinking he could improve upon i i have no idea i think you're 100 percent right to feel the way you feel though i mean because um well obviously because your feelings are valid always but like the, the your your perspective on this because rare is it to add 30 minutes i mean rarely do you cut out 30 minutes of a movie and when you reinsert it it makes the movie better it's, yeah. it's there's a reason you cut you know so i mean there there are times 
where you're like, oh, okay, I could see why adding here or cutting here makes a lot of sense. There's a mm-hmm. video that you can find on YouTube that's a side-by-side of a bunch of different scenes of yeah. Yeah. Joss Whedon's uh, uh, Justice League versus the Snyder cut that eventually came out and all the yeah. extra stuff that Snyder added in. And as you're watching side-by-side, you're like, okay, I agree with putting this back in. And mm-hmm. this part seems like you, I agree with the cut. Yes. And you can kind of go back and forth through in a long extended scene. But it is interesting to see what potentially director's true vision for it was and yeah. what we see on screen ultimately. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, sometimes those cut cuts really do make a film. Yeah. Um, and other times, like we said before, the director's cut can really elevate it above and beyond. I just don't know where this can be elevated to because ultimately it's not going to be the, the, the acclaimed drama that the first one is. Right. It's never going to reach that status. Um, because basically it's like the best action movie you're ever going to see. It's in that to me, it's an action film <laughs> with punches. Right. Uh, <laughs> that's why I think it's pretty perfect. It's like it's, it fits in the time that it was released. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a full understanding of what is expected of him. Oh yeah. In this character. Yeah. Um, so who knows? May, I mean, I will wait to to hear what you say, but I didn't watch Godfather three because nobody I know said it was an improvement and I already don't yeah. like it. So yeah. why waste my time? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. It just, uh, yeah. Yeah. I was disappointed by that. Cause he made it seem as if, Oh, I've changed everything around. Oh, it's going to be great. And then you go and see it. And you're like, eh, there's not much that's better here. Yeah. It's like yeah. Lucas with the star Wars adding in oh, new dude. digital effects and whatnot. And you're like, I really, yeah. this was my vision at the time. <laughs> um, and some of it I think is good. It genuinely adds and other stuff. It just seems superfluous. Yeah. Yeah. Very good point. Uh, uh but you know, it's their creation. So that's right. That's right. Do with it as you please. You're the, uh, you're the director. So you can do with it as you went. Exactly. As yeah. Especially something like star Wars where it's entirely your brainchild. Yeah. Like, and I can't, you know, I can't tell you no, I do right. tell you that maybe I'm not as big a fan of it as you are. <laughs> Stepping over Jabba's tail? What do you mean? That's uh, what are you talking about? Yeah, it, it just makes Jabba look weak. It like, does. Why? Right. Right. Whereas the Cloud City stuff, adding the digital effects in the background when they're walking around, sure, that was cool. That, yeah, that adds to the effect of where they are. Mm-hmm. I agree with this. Right. But then some of the 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 stuff on Tatooine with all the animals coming in, whatnot. Okay. But then right. going to the lounge, the cantina. It's like, do we really need this big fucking number? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but let's, yeah. uh, let's talk about the real issues here, Matt. Um, the Washington wizards and the Chicago bulls are top of the Eastern conference. Let's tell the truth here. It's, uh, is it going to be a top 10 civil war in the, in the, in the, uh, Eastern conference finals? Is that what we're looking at here? Is this a preview? <laughs> well, look, if our two teams play the way we're playing right now, I like our chances to, beat Oh, you. how dare you? Four how to two. Dare you, I think please. four to two is a legitimate. Please. I, are you telling me you like your starting five better than mine? I, I really do. Yeah. I, I think okay. we're more versatile than your five. Your five's kind oh, of. Oh, okay. That's you. a load of hooey. Come on now. Come on. That now. is a load of hooey. Uh, I mean, Pat Williams going down hurts us on some of the defensive, but it does. Jesus, man. We are. It doesn't even matter. Caruso and Lonzo give such a spark. And then having DeRozan out there, somebody else can get a bucket whenever we need one, alleviates the pressure off Levine. So now we got two guys that can get a bucket whenever we need it. How crazy. And you are hoping Spencer Dinwiddie is that second guy for you. And I'll be intrigued if he is or not. Dinwiddie can score, man. Don't he, come for Dinwiddie. 
He can. <laughs> Does he every game? And will he be able to play the entire season? Two great questions I have. Yeah, that's true. That's a fair point. <laughs> um, but it's so early. The 20-game mark, there's some great statistics around the 20-game mark where if your team hasn't won at least 11 of their games, yeah. the chance of them make the playoffs is... Uh, they've won 11. It's like a 96% chance they wow. make the playoffs at that point. Wow. Minimum, no, maybe it's 13, something along those lines. Okay. Um, I have to look it up. I, I read it once and then... Do you like this Javante Green, though? Do you like him? Do you trust him? I don't know if I trust him. Time will tell. I just, I think he's the weak, I think he's the weak, weak hole in, in the, in your starting lineup, to be honest with you. And the, you know, what's incredible is you're doing this without Vucevic. That scares the shit out of me. He's doing this without him. Well, still though, uh, I wouldn't say without, I think he's had a slow start to his season. Uh, that's what I mean. That's what I feel yeah. like. He has not really a hundred percent there. And Williams going down as well, like kind of hurts you guys, as you said, defensively, but also having not having Vucevic fully back kind of hurts you so if he comes back to all-star form or close to all-star form oh god damn and for the first time ever we might be players in the buyout market why wouldn't you be oh my god well because is... chicago never has for a yeah i know you're right reasons yeah you're right right for but, a number of years yeah yeah right. this year there might be a solid veteran that is wants to chase a championship and looks at us and says you know what i think they may actually have a shot we'll see where we're at at the 45 game mark 50 game mark but honestly some of these wins because it, it came into this road stretch that we have or this yeah. part me not this road stretch but the stretch of there's about uh 13 games where because yeah. before we had played a, nobody yeah i mean detroit twice the pelicans toronto before they really found their footing they're still a 500 team, but they're tough mm -hmm. out. You know, just like th these teams are not at full health either. Uh, but we have some solid to beat the Nets, to yeah. beat the Mavs, yeah, to to play tight in all of these games. I, you did very excited, very I, excited. It's been. I can't time. believe we beat the Bucks. I did not anticipate that, that at all. That was a big, big surprise for me that we beat the Bucks, and then to go and beat um, uh, uh, the Cavaliers who are kind of streaking a little bit. No matter what you say about them, they're streaking a little bit. Uh, I thought oh, they're nice. interesting. Yeah. So look, I agree with you. Uh, talent wise, your starting five is probably better than my starting five, but my starting five uh, is kind of frisky. It's a little frisky. They're making it work that they're the Detroit Pistons possibly come back to life. So I'm just, I'm just put that out there. We'll see. We'll yeah. see, but it's so early that I'm not believing all of this yet. I have watched a number of games. I'm going yeah. to the game on uh, Sunday against the Clippers. Oh, nice. Uh, it's because I can sit 20 <laughs> rows up for less money than sitting in the upper deck of the Lakers game the next night. <laughs> it's ridiculous to sit four. It's four rows back from the four rows from the very back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like the very back is four rows behind you was still about 20% more expensive than sitting 20, 25 rows from the court itself for the Clippers. <laughs> and I got those seats. Nice. Uh, yeah, because I, I still am going to go see a Laker game at some point this season. Of course, of course, of course. But I'm going to wait till Memphis, maybe, because I don't, there's not as much to drive. It's still going to be 100 bucks. Wait till they're 15 and 30, then you you definitely get cheap. Yeah, uh, they keep winning these bullshit games like last night where the Dude. other team can't hit a free throw and just 
It's the second time. The Spurs should have beat them. Couldn't hit a free throw. Houston could should have beat them, but they just they're young and they didn't know how to close out a game. Yeah. They've had too many of these where but it's also without LeBron, easily yeah. they're still their best player. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're so but that being said, they have three guys that made the NBA's top 75 of all time list out there still. Yeah. And they're struggling against. Russell oh, Russell scored eight points the other night, dude. Eight. I Yeah. Horrific. Horrific, man. Until he was getting in the, the paint last night towards the end of the game. I mean, he took a yeah. long three to close out uh, the fourth quarter to win the game. And you knew it was a brick before he even. Yeah, like, yeah, this is not who you want shooting this ball. Uh, and for all their madness, they're still seven and five. So it's not it's not like yep. a lost cause right now. So, I mean, but it doesn't look good. And they haven't beat. No, but they could be easily three and nine right now. Yeah. I mean, Two, the heat, four and eight. The heat victory is a quality victory. That's a, that it is. It, but Butler went out in the first well. quarter. Yeah, true. With the sprained ankle. Yep. Yep. But at the same time, they don't have LeBron. Right. So, you yeah. know, it's kind a, of a trade off. Yeah. And the Heat were up, closing the fourth quarter, and then just went cold. The refs started to favor the Lakers ever so slightly. I wouldn't yeah. say it was egregious or anything. It wasn't a, a Donahue-Scott Foster situation. <laughs> um, which Scott, I can't believe Scott oh. Foster still has a job, but anyway. Speaking of which, let's let's go to another area of sports here. Dude, the hip check. Talk to me, Matt Nost, about the hip check on your Bears here. That looked to me like a very egregious move by the referee to initiate contact with the player. That ref should be thrown out of the league, for God's sakes. What did you think about that situation? Thrown out of the league? You really think so? He should lose his job over that? You should not be initiating contact with a player. Oh, well, then like, flagging him for it. That, yeah. that To me, that's violated because the referee has such an incredible amount of responsibility. To then violate that responsibility, I think, carries more weight then if a player poked the referee or something like that, that's different. That's the height of battle that's, that, you know, you, you've got to factor that in. A ref is not supposed to be emotionally moved by whatever's happening on the field, other than if there's a tra- terrible injury. So if you're going to get upset because this dude, you know, wanted to get in the Steelers sideline because they had just let him go a few days ago and he got a nice sack, that's him. And then you initiate contact by literally thrusting your hips into the guy to me, that's that's a, a tantamount to assault. And if you're willing to do that in a game, wow! I'm just telling you, those are impulses that you should not have in a ref- as a referee. I I agree. Um, <laughs> I was mad, dude. On I was mad when I saw that. I guess that's not right. Him losing his job, just knowing the NFL, I know that's never oh, going to happen. Of course not. No. So wanting, you know his head seems pointless to me because the outcome is never going to be anything like that. He just might be assigned to non bears games <laughs> for the next, the rest of the season and next season or something, and just keep him away for a while until the personnel changes a little bit. And people forget because who the hell yeah. remembers outside of Ed Hockley, how many other, yeah. How many other refs can you name check off the top of your head? No, Hockley's it dude. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> people will forget about him in time until someone notices on a broadcast or if they announce, I don't know if they announce, I guess they do announce who the refs are going to be oh, yeah. beforehand. They always do. Yeah. Right yeah. at the beginning. Um, um, I thought it was funny that trying to see that he tried to, or they, his ref, his, uh, I guess the head referee tried to say that he was stepping back to throw the flag. And it's like, you lying son of a bitch. Yeah. You know not, what he was doing. That's not what happened. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, Ugh. 
just throwing the flag afterward and basically blaming him for the contact yeah. is so childish. Right. Uh, I agree with you 100%. Childish. Yes. Chuck, uh, Charles Clark says, you mean you don't believe in the Westbrook and Malik Monk connection? <laughs> Monk's been playing good. Monk has. He was on fire last night. He had that one-legged floater on the baseline as he's going to his left that somehow willed its way in. Just yeah. through, I think that was his like 27th point. He had a good night last night. I just don't um, think this is a good combination of players, man. This is, I mean, I look at this and I go, nothing here seems to make sense to me. I don't know. It's all about the once we get LeBron back and then we get yeah. Ariza and we get, and you're like, you're, that's a lot of old dudes that you're waiting to come back. Yeah. Rage on. Um, so if there's anything left of him anyway. Yeah. Sorry. It, go ahead. This point, I believe you have to, the Washington football team has to win every game left on the <laughs> schedule. For you to win the bet. Uh, so prepare that $5 for me. To be fair, we made the bet when Ryan Fitzpatrick was the quarterback of the Washington I am just saying. Not with Tyler Hennigan. I mean, they, it could be a wash because I figured my Bears would be one win better at this point. We're still uh, on target. I said, you know, I think seven and nine is where we settled. I didn't even think. I didn't even check the look to where your Bears are. What are your Bears at right now? It, it, basically, it's. Making seven and nine is an uphill battle at this point. It's possible. Wow. Three and six. Yes. So you could owe me the five dollars back, right? Is that exactly correct? there oh, is okay. a chance. <laughs> it could be a wash. It could be a wash. <laughs> uh, although look, that Fields kid launched a launched a hell of a comeback in Pittsburgh, man. Shout out to that kid. Yeah, I don't know what you got in that guy because sometimes I don't either. when he shows up, he looks fantastic. But when he doesn't for three quarters of the game, it's like, God damn, dude. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I do not know. We'll see in time. Um, I'm not making any assessment really right mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. I'm not going to judge him. If he has a bad game, so be it. Yeah. We were never going to win a championship this year anyway. So the real hope is that next year he just needs to show market improvement over his yeah. accuracy and whatnot, his decision making. Yeah. Uh, but that'll come in time. Very few people can come in, especially at the quarterback position and light the world on fire mm -hmm. their rookie season. So could take a little time. Uh, yeah. Just like, uh, what's his name? Was it Jordan Love on Green Bay? Yeah, on Green Bay. Like, he looked terrible, but at the same time, it's like, first game. Yeah, yeah. You got to cut him some slack, but yes, he looked terrible. You did. I mean, the last few minutes of the fourth quarter, he was able to move the ball. Um, and I don't know if that was a prevent thing or whatever, but he was able to move the ball. Just, uh, you know, you don't know what you got in that guy. And Aaron Rodgers was probably just sitting back there with in his unvaccinated oh, yeah, seat going, like, smiling exactly. his fucking ass off. Yeah, you're with right. his homemade deodorant and whatever else. <laughs> with his girlfriend eating clay. Right yeah, uh, yeah, whatever they're doing. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, I'm glad you're happy. Shout out to you, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, whatever, dude. We're done. And Montez Sweat's apparently going to be out for another month. If we win a game, another game the rest of the year, I'll be surprised. So I might as well just prep those $5 now for you. We look terrible. I, th Wait. I thought with I thought Haneke had this moxie and he was going to be a, a gunslinger, but he keeps making the same boneheaded mistakes. He's not progressing, dude. He's staying exactly where he is, and that's not going to help us win games when our defense is not showing up. So true. It's a bad situation all around, dude. We suck. <laughs> oh well. Oh well. Anyway. Same old song and dance. Focus on the Wizards. That's right. That's right. Um, all right. So anyway, today we're counting down the top 10 Sigourney Weaver movies. Now, we've heard some from, from some of our female fans in the past saying like, hey, how come you guys don't have 
female oriented countdowns. And I think that's a fair criticism. And so when the opportunity comes for us to do them, I think both of us are excited to when when it naturally works out that we could have a female centric countdown on the show. And today is that for one of the greatest actresses that is still working today. I mm-hmm. mean, arguably what into the fifth decade uh, of work, 70s, 80s, 90s, yeah. 2000s, other 10s. So, so sixth decade of work. She started in the late 70s going into the 2020s. So with those Avatar films coming out, she's going to be working well into the late 2020s. Those things keep getting delayed by the time we see all of them. Yeah. So she's set up here for another decade of work. Um, and I bet she's I bet she's quite fine financially uh, with the Alien series and the Avatar series. And these other ones in between, I bet she's quite fine to just live her life and do her thing. But, uh, um, and we're doing it right. She has a movie coming out. Is that correct? Is that why we're doing it? For the new Ghostbusters. That's right. The new Ghost. She's in the new Ghostbusters film, Afterlife, that's coming out next weekend. Uh Um, so we are, as we're recording it, coming out next weekend. So we're, we're dropping this film, uh, this, uh, list this week. Yeah. I think the, most stinging criticism I saw of it was from Emma Fife. Yeah, Emma. If you liked Rise of Skywalker, then you're going to enjoy <laughs> Afterlife. I was like, oh. That's rough, man. That is rough. And I'm so people, I love that. my favorite responses were like, well, that's good because I enjoyed Rise of Skywalker. You're like, good for you, man. <laughs> I hope you enjoy Afterlife as well. Yeah. For yeah. me, that sounds, you know, that sounds yeah. bad. That does not sound good not no. at all. No, I, I responded uh, back to her. I was like, "Oh my god, you're messing with my emotions with this damn thing." So I, I can't do it. Um, but I'm going to see it next next Monday. So we'll see if it's any good for sure. Um, I do want to give some love though to people who are joining us. Ed Buskirk, uh, we mentioned Charles Clark already. James Petty, James Petty's in here. Michael Bauer. Uh, let's see if I'm Cam Chapman is in here as well. So shout out to them. All joining us here live. You can do so, as Matt said at the top of the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash the top 10, the number 10 there, to join us tw- uh, every second and fourth Thursday of the month live. Uh, and this is in lieu of us uh, being unable to go to your town and do live shows. So, And you know our live shows can go off the chain. So there you go. Just letting, letting people know about it. Um, all right, Matt, shall we jump into this thing? Uh, we shall. Okay. Um- the way it works is we set a topic, we go our individual ways, create personal top 10 list, show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top 10 list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. Uh, at 10, mm-hmm. I have Avatar. Wow. Slight punt, though. Only a slight punt. So, I so why the dramatic wow? Oh, just because I wanted to have fun with you. That's oh, okay. I thought you were going <laughs> to. I couldn't tell you hated the movie. Or it was your number one. It was like, oh my god! No, no, no. Oh wait, oh, wait. Oh, I always forget this part. Now, are we punting if it's out of the top? If it's in After. the top seven, right? Correct. Okay, so then no punt. It's my number eight. Let's talk about it. Um, after six years and change, <laughs> still looking for clarification, huh? Um, you act as if I don't have multiple shows, Matt. With a lot of clarity, my brain, and I'm getting older, son. I just yeah, lost 51 years old, man. This, I'm older. If I'm not mistaken, this is the first show you ever consistently did, correct? It's true. It's true. So I'm just saying, you would think this one would be just emblazoned into your mind as to certain aspects of it, but that's all right. You know, you're going to get there too, pal. You're going to get there too. Oh, I'm already there. Okay. 
I just want to make sure that's clear. You're going to um, get there too, pal. I struggled yeah. to find Art Monk's name the other day, and I almost hit myself in the face with a pan. Yeah, it happens quite a bit. Sorry. <laughs> the inevitability of it just increasing is already, I'm, I've I've made my peace with that. Yeah. Uh, so well, Avatar. Not, yeah, Avatar, was, go ahead. The hype leading up to it, it's like, oh, this is Jimmy Cameron's next big one. Oh, yeah. It was, ex it was extraordinary, the hype. Yeah, It was huge, yeah. And the you need to see it in 3D, so I went to see it in 3D. I got to agree. You needed to see it at the time in 3D. Agreed. And I think what's most impressive about it is he did create an entire world mm -hmm. um, that it's felt lived in. Yeah, and believable. Um, so... I'm curious as to whether or not it is a strong enough product to sustain what is coming mm. in the future because the sheer amount of sequels, it just doesn't look like the, it has a long enough runway to land this bird. I think uh, that's a fair concern to have, to be honest with you, my man, because yeah. I, I don't know what store he's look. And everyone's like, trust in Jimmy Cameron, trust in Jimmy Cameron. And it's like, I get it, but he's not getting any younger. And we know no. what happens to older filmmakers as they get older. They don't they don't bring the same kind of quality as them. Scorsese is the anomaly, to be honest with you. He's the fucking anomaly. Most of them don't. They end up like Walter Hill and stuff. And I'm not saying Cameron was ever, you know, Walter Hill level type director. Certainly he's his box office would say differently. But um, I don't know, man. It, it's not like his films have always been incredibly well written or what have you. So you start to wonder how much is the scope of the film going to be enough to deter you away from the simple story? Because Avatar is a story we've seen 1 million times before in numerous other movies. Oh, yeah. Nothing groundbreaking in terms of story in Avatar. I mean, it's Aliens meets Fern Gully. That's <laughs> what it is. Um, so you know the story backwards and forwards. I like so that. the idea of being able to get four, five, six, how many of her, my fear is that he's become so enamored with all the technology that he gets to play with. Yeah. That it's going to be that, that is the focus of look at the amazing things we can achieve on film now, as opposed to the incredible story that we can tell. Mm. Good, uh, point. good point. Yeah. I, I hope because I, I feel like Lucas fell into that trap when he did the prequels of mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with CGI. Now we can, anything is possible. It's like, yeah. yes, that is very true. Just please don't, you know, skimp on the story and yeah. dialogue, character interactions, development, etc. Yeah. Um, so, but I, all I've heard from Cameron discussing it so far is about the technology. Right. Right. I haven't heard about the amazing. Now, maybe it's me just, you know, only seeing those or somehow the algorithm is spitting out. Oh, you like this other James Cameron talking about the technology. Mm -hmm. Here's another one about it. I don't know if that's the case. Right. Um, but I'm holding out hope. Perhaps it can be. Um, I, I was always fascinated by the people that there was like a, a specific psychological syndrome that popped up where people felt lost after having seen it because they wanted to live in that world and couldn't exist in the real yeah. world because of it. Yeah, right. Yeah. It was that, as you said earlier, Matt, it was that level of excellence in terms of world building that people kind of got, you know, weirded out and, and became enamored and obsessed with mm -hmm. trying to live in that world yeah of course um 
Uh, but of course, they want to live in that world, thinking they're going to be one of those people that ride those uh, those dra- dragon bird things. Dragon birds, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not not one of the workers down on the ground. I'm yeah, sure. not one of the marines there to kill them to get the unobtainium or whatever the generic name for the yeah, mineral extract they were going for. I think it was an unobtainium, was it? Not? Unobtainium, yes. One of yeah. the most ridiculous names for anything ever. So on the nose, it broke its nose. It's so on the nose. Um, but we haven't even mentioned Sigourney Weaver's performance in this movie. We're talking That's all true. around it. <laughs> but Sigourney's good in the film. I, I like Sigourney in the film. She brings that kind of older approach to things. The kind of like she's almost like the older hippie, right? Like the older uh, yeah. activist, or the older person who stood for the rights of Native Americans or natives. And so she remembers marching in the 60s or whatever in the 70s for that kind of stuff. So you see that as an essential element of the movie. Certainly Sam Worthington fits his role well as well, trying to kind of figure out where he belongs in all this and Rabisi is the villain. But it's Sigourney who's kind of walking that line and connecting with the uh, Navi and connecting with the people in the outside world. And she was essentially the first conduit Mm-hmm. Uh, into that world. And so she does a fantastic job in the film really well. Yeah. It's another person for the audience to kind of identify with. Not all the people in this story are terrible. Yeah. So it gives a heart and hope for humanity itself. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. That we're just okay. not purely capitalistic. <laughs> yeah. True. Um, all right. So what's your nine? Uh, my nine is holes. Okay. All you man, take it away. Um, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed this. Okay, when I watched it, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I watched it years ago for this show. I can't remember what it was, but I think it was something like young adult books turned into movies mm. or something along those lines that we did five years ago. Uh, don't know the timeline. Could have been four. Could have been six. No clue. Mm-hmm. But I watched it for that, and I was like, "This is really good." Plus, it has an excellent cast, and she plays kind of the badass. Mm-hmm. You have a young Shia LaBeouf before, you know, he's just doing the segue off of Disney Channel, Tim Blake Nelson, John Voight um, for ostensibly what, what most people assume would just be a throwaway kids movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really interesting. It's got some depth to it. Good performances from all the younger actors, especially when you compare them against the legends that are mm-hmm. on the other side of the table here. Uh, but she has yeah. such a commanding presence. Um, and it's not often where she gets to play the villain. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice kind of change of pace for your expectations when it comes to Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. And if yeah. you've never seen it and you got like a young-ish kid, I think the movie still more than likely holds up. It only oh, came yeah. out like 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely say check it out. Yeah, I think it's Tremors for the young people. That's what I think Holes is. It has that okay. kind of vibe to it. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, you're right. Absolutely. It connects uh, and still works generationally uh, over on, just as the novel does so that it's based on. So yeah, absolutely. And great stuff by her. And she's got, I mean, when she slides into being a villain, she's damn good at being a villain. You know, she uses that kind of jut of her mouth that she likes to use every once in a while in certain films and really digs in and how she does that. Plus her eyes, man, when she, fixes those eyes on you she can be quite unsettling you know and plus her height you know she's not a a small woman a commanding presence yeah yeah exactly which i like i like to see that and i've always enjoyed that about her for sure but yeah i don't have holes on my list it's not it's not a film i go back to and watch multiple times so okay there are others there's at least one that's going to be on your list that yeah it's not on mine fair enough fair enough um 
because she's in the second half of that movie. If you can see what I'm hinting at. Maybe. Okay. There's a distinct polarity within the film. There is a first half and there's a second half. And she's she in full does not metal jacket. I don't remember. In a second. It's kind of like that. I mean, the the subject matter is a slightly lighter. <laughs> That's uh, but it is, there is a distinct okay. polarity to the film. We'll see if it's Sounds on your good. list. We'll see. Um, um, all right. So my number nine. Oh, so that's not your, what's your eight? That's my nine. My eight is copycat. Oh, the uh, serial killer film. Nice. The serial killer. When they were nice. trying to make Harry Connick a uh, thing. Yeah. Doing real push. And mind you, hey, man. <laughs> I, I was pulling for him. Yeah. Yeah. I owned uh, red light, blue light. And I, I've listened to that oh, yeah. CD so many times. My brother had it and I basically borrowed it from him. And I don't know if I ever gave it back. It's a good, it's a good CD. Oh, I am a big fan. So then when he started to get his push, it was like on Will and Grace, and yep. he was getting pushed in movies. Independence Day came before this. Right. But they were trying to make Harry Connick a thing, and I was like, I'm I'm in on this. Right. Uh, yeah, this creepy serial killer stalking uh, a Sigourney Weaver because she has an attachment to the serial killer that he is emulating. Right. So he becomes fascinated with uh, both aspects of it, and it's this nice, taut, kind of psychological creepy vibe and especially given where the projection of of what you assumed harry connick would get offered yes to get a darker role like this um yeah but yeah she's great in it um i totally i, I would definitely recommend this and especially in the harry connick canon you got this and uh, what's that one with denzel where the evil spirit keeps jumping from person to person oh yeah fallen is that fallen? Yeah, okay. right. I, I, I John Goodman, right? Isn't that the one? Yeah. John Goodman. John Goodman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I believe Harry Connick's in that. Yeah. yeah. Came out roughly. I think it was right after Copycat. Has he stopped? I don't know if he stopped. Harry Connick. Yeah. He's no, not, I think he's still seen... acting. It's it's more sporadic. Isn't he in Red? Um, isn't he in uh, Iron Giant? Isn't he one of the voices? Yeah, yeah. he's Iron the voice Giants? of the guy, the junkyard mechanic. Right. Right. Dude. Right. 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 Um. I'm trying to bring up his um and he had that what uh, yeah, yeah. daytime talk show for a short while. Oh my god, I forgot about the daytime. Yeah, uh, it's roughly around the same time that Tony Danza had one. <sighs> oh, oh Tony Danza. Um what's your favorite song off Blue Light Red Light? It's, I, I I'm I've never pegged you for someone who liked Blue Light Red Light. I mean, um I, listen, I, I like someone's there. I like you didn't know me when. It's you didn't know me when. Yeah, it's probably my favorite. That's a it's such a great closing song too. Right. Mm-hmm. You didn't know me when. Yes. Da, 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 da. I, prefer, I played first chair trombone. Bam, ba, da, in and out of state poker. Bam, <laughs> bam, bam, ba, da, da. <laughs> we looked for gigs on ships in countries that had no, no land. land. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I have, seriously, I've listened to that CD a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's better than the first CD, but the, the songs are damn good. Okay. I've never yeah. listened. I've, I've maybe heard tracks here and there. I've never listened to any other of his CDs. Oh, okay. Forwards okay. and backwards. Yeah. We are in love is the name of that. The first one. And then blue light, red light. But blue light, red light. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I dig that. I liked um, with imagination. I like that one. Sure, too, that old school one. New Orleans kind of jazz vibe mm-hmm. to that one. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with imagination, <laughs> yeah. I'll get, get there. there. 
crazy. Uh, I love it. I love it. Um, all right. So that was your eight. Anything more to say on that? No, go for it. Okay. Uh, my number 10 is The Village. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I like this movie. This is right before Shyamalan went off the cliff for me. Uh, in turn with uh, Lady in the Water and the what was the other one with the one with the, the happening? Is that what it's called? The one with yeah, the with Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg. Oof. I've never seen it. All I've heard of terrible things. <laughs> yeah, did don't I? want to see it. The fucking plants are attacking you. <laughs> okay, ah, Sunflower. No, uh, anyway, The Village. Uh, I like this movie. Uh, her and William Hurt being kind of like the mom and dad of the of this commune or this cult that's living there, and and the twist is. Some people guessed the twist before the end. I didn't guess the twist until that uh, moment happens at the end. But I enjoyed her being this kind of like harder edged person who is like desperate to hold on to what they've got there because mm-hmm. like we've been able to because society was getting crazy out there. We decided to create this. And, you know, this is this tracks when you think about sometimes the liberal mentality from the 60s and 70s. I don't mean liberal like politically. I mean, well, I guess politically, but not like we do now. We talk about conservative. I'm talking about like the idea back then of the activist. I guess the activist mentality, the liberal activist mentality from back then, you could totally see this thing like, okay, we lost all the battles. We didn't get everything we wanted. We're just going to move ourselves away from this and we're going to create our own kind of thing and we're all going to agree that the world has not moved past this time. So we can still control our children, control access to the information, make sure everybody grows up and believes that this is all there is. It's lunacy, but it follows once you don't get everything, once society doesn't 100% agree with you, the option then for the extreme liberal or the extreme uh, conservative is to go and create their own kind of commune uh, where they can like just kind of lord over it how they want. And you can see it just like with uh, with Avatar. You can see that she seems feels like a former um, uh, activist who wants to kind of now all of a sudden become uh, the dictator that she was rebelling against and wants mm. to put her own rules down along with William Hurt about how everything should operate in the village. So I, I really dug that color on her, man. Um, yeah, I, I haven't gone back to rewatch it mm. because I don't think the the twist... Yeah, Unlike, yeah. say, Sixth Sense, the twist still works because I think the, the movie as a whole worked right. for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas Village, I, I'm not as captivated by all these years later. Okay. I think I'd be more apt to go back and watch Lady in the Water. I know. Knock yourself out, man. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's not like it's a great choice. I know. I love Giamatti, by the way, but... So do I. And... <laughs> uh and that was what, like one of the first Bryce Dallas Howards. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and just uh, yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, she's attractive as hell, by the way. I hope I can say that. I know people don't get mad at me. Of course, she's uber talented and whatever, but like Ron Howard, not the best looking guy. So I didn't anticipate he would have such a gorgeous daughter, but she's gorgeous, man. Uh, especially in that movie, woof, she's beautiful, luminescent in that movie. Um. Uh, no comments on that. All right. Michael Bauer says, anybody oh, seen old? <laughs> is it I've got nothing to, you know, it, she is a very attractive woman. I think I'm more of a Jessica Chastain person. Oh, you're choosing the redheads. Are you putting the redheads against each other? The ginger. Well, I'm war. just saying they look so very similar. You're right. They do. You're not wrong about that. Uh, yeah, I'll but, take, I'll take Bryce over Jessica, but that's fine. 
That's it. Uh, but they're both incredibly beautiful women and talented as hell. Michael Bauer says, anybody seen old? Is it any good? Did you see it? I saw it, but did you see it? Uh, no. Um, okay. I heard I heard it was okay. Yeah. It's... I liked it. Was it great? No. Is it at the level that he's done before? No, but I liked it. That's what I would say. I will say from the mind of, I like Devil a lot. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was good. That was an interesting psychological one. For yeah, sure. but I mean, that was just story idea in essence. Right, right, right. right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's been a minute since the Shyamalan project. Although mm-hmm. I thought Glass was good. I liked Glass. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it's never before been the big, huge set pieces. Yeah. So, of course, the last one is not going to be the big, huge set piece. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Snyder but- and I were like the only two people that, in the sphere that liked it. And we did our review, and it got all these people commenting about how much they hated Glass, and we were like idiots for liking it. So I thought it was really funny to get that kind of response. So yeah, I thought, I thought, it, was I thought it was good. All three were mm-hmm. interesting and unique in their own way. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And, Very uh, much so. Yeah, I thought it was a perfect kind of encapsulation of the series. Yep. And Cut. Sorry, go ahead. End. Well, it just they set up, I'm intrigued now if this were to continue going. Yeah. Yeah. These other... These other individuals that, that you find out about, it's like, what is this? Okay. Right. Shyamalan, you're doing something here. Uh, but yeah. I, I don't think it did anywhere near in the box office to justify a studio investing in it. So true. maybe I'm wrong, but who knows? No, man. I mean, all those scenes with uh, with um, McAvoy were really unsettling, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't I don't see why. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, and, and, of course, um, really hard to believe that's Anya Taylor-Joy still young in her career in those in those two films with the uh, split and glass um oh yeah and bryce dallas hours in the village as well so she's a part of it as well she um, is she's the yeah. little girl that has to go out the blind girl yeah the blind girl yeah so then my number nine is uh alien resurrection okay go now, for it now before people lose their fucking minds i get it you guys may not be the biggest fan of this movie but I liked it. I enjoyed, uh, is it Phil Joanneau? I think is the director. He did City of Lost Children. So I liked his approach to the alien. It's more. It was definitely an European approach to this story. And because I like European films, I didn't have a problem with it. And I enjoyed what he did. This idea that she is brought back to life as a kind of, what is she's, an, she's now become that which she didn't trust in the past mm-hmm. and had come to terms with a droid. You know, and, and uh, uh, in essence, a robot. And she, um, no, we're not picking only one for franchise. Josh Sachs was letting you know that. I'm not doing that. Yeah. No, but like, but yeah, exactly. But like, I really liked what she was able to do here because, like, you've got Winona Ryder as the lead now, but she's the one playing the android that you don't know, like, is it on her, your side or not on your side? So it's very funny to have her playing that now in the fourth film. And I liked it. I thought it worked really, really well. The scene with her and her baby, like it has, or her clone, whatever it was, the alien that she was, I think it was her child or whatever, like her having that connection as it's getting sucked out of the portal. I was like, oh my God, that is brutal. Um, so throughout the movie, I just really enjoyed how badass she was too. Like it was more badass than we've ever seen her play the Ripley character before. Because she's an android, she was able to play it in a certain way. So I think I'm using that term right, android or robot, whatever it was that she was. But I dug it, man. Synthetic. Well, it should be, yeah, synthetic over top of yeah. metals, uh, android. There you go. 
So, yeah. Cyborg is the hybridized of the two, and then robot is just a robot. There you go. Uh, Nerd speak with Matt Nost. I like it. I like it. I'm just surprised you take this over three. Oh, yeah. I, I don't like three as much as other people do. I, I think I, when I saw it initially, I'm like, oh, it's cool. This is an independent movie approach. But you lost me as soon as you killed off uh, Hicks and uh, and Newt. Because then I, I, the entire movie was dead to me, really, because of that decision. Because I was like, well, what the fuck was the point of me watching the second one? So okay. that's how I felt. That's oh, I felt. Yeah, I just think it, three is vastly superior. I limited to two from that franchise i thought oh. about putting three on but resurrection i don't enjoy in the slightest fair but you know if you dig it cool yeah i do um all right so then my number eight we already said which was uh avatar so what's your seven bud uh my seven is gorillas in the mist oh uh yeah that's my six all right cool uh great story really heartfelt <sighs> um about uh, uh diane um Fossey. Fossey, thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Going to Sub-Saharan Africa. I think she ultimately ends up in Rwanda Mm -hmm. um, to live amongst gorillas and document them and then ultimately to try and stand up to poachers who are turning a trade of mutilating these animals for various body parts and their their pelts and all that jazz to sell on the black market. And her standing up to them ultimately gets her killed. Yeah. Uh, but to see the connection that she has with these gorillas is palpable. Mm-hmm. Um, and had an impact. I still remember, you know, seeing it the very first time when I was pretty young. Yeah. Um, I think it came out in 85, I think. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, th- I didn't see it. The year was out. I saw it like a couple of years uh, later. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But it was nominated for Best Picture, I believe. Mm-hmm. She might have been nominated for Best Actress. Um, and then the, I love it because the photographer at that point, I knew from FX. Yeah, Brian Brown. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's all I knew him from. And I was like, oh, the dude from FX. Because I like my grandpa for some reason showed me those movies. <laughs> so I saw FX2 first and then I saw FX. <laughs> and I actually prefer FX2. Oh, there you go. But I think it's just because I, I was younger and I have more fond memories of watching it with my grandpa. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I just a the idea of of committing your life to that world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, she read about it and became fascinated and really wanted to get into it and had to convince this other individual to allow her to come along. Yeah, and then ultimately said, "Screw it, I'm staying." Uh, but to journey and exist in a world that I never will, I always find fascinating, no matter what the subject matter is. Mm. And then on top of that, to see the connection and, um, you know, to have that with a wild animal, it's got to be amazing. Oh, yeah. And she does such an excellent job of conveying that connection, of conveying the journey that Diane Fossey is on here. Because like you said, she has that relationship with Brian Brown. The movie, There's the decision. Either go with him or stay yeah. with the gorillas. And she stays with the gorillas that's the uh, um that touches her at the core of who she is as a person as much as she may love that photographer Brian Brown and whatever in the movie it's the gorillas that she's just innately built to care and take care of and connect with uh these animals and to defend them and right the case has never been solved still uh her death who killed her how it all happened it's never been solved it's still something that that lingers and she actually came back 
in a documentary a couple of years ago or three or four years ago where she voiced Diane Fossey for a documentary, like mm. the reading her letters or her um, entries in a journal or whatever. So that was a kind of a surprise in, in the moment when it happened, yet it makes so much sense because this was, I think this was the film and the performance. People went, oh shit, this is like a legitimate actress. Like there was aliens and all, or alien rather, and, and, and all of that. But like this is the film. People are like, oh, okay, this is a, yeah, someone to take seriously as an actress and seeing what she can do. And certainly she's incredible here. It's a complete departure from anything you'd seen her do before up to that point and most anything you're going to see her do after this point. So, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, there are instances in the, a couple movies that, uh, I haven't seen. Mm. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Like just going through the IMDb mm-hmm. and then seeing a title and be like, boy, that that seems familiar. And opening it up, you're like, oh, f- I completely forgot this movie existed. Yeah, yeah. Need to watch it uh, at some point. Whether or not I get around to it, uh, who knows? Right. But uh, yeah, so Gorillas in the Mist. That's my <laughs> uh, my seven. Okay, respect. What's your six? Uh, my six is the Cabin in the Woods. Oh yeah, go ahead, knock yourself out. Um, I think it it's one of those where I don't watch horror. Yeah, but if a horror movie is good enough, enough random people I know within that they, they like movies will recommend yeah. a horror film. And when you hear it from a bunch of different kind of like you know sectors, so to speak, mm-hmm. which like oh this this group loves horror, so if, of course they're going to champion horror films. But this one likes sports movies and comedies, and they happen to see it and they really enjoy mm-hmm. it. And this section over here likes dramas, but they happen to see it and they really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So you hear from enough different, you know, quadrants. Uh, and you're like, maybe this is one I will go watch. And uh, yeah. it's a nice tongue in cheek of horror while still, yeah. but not denigrating it. Right, right. And it still is a good horror film. And she plays the head of this agency that's basically it's it's part of a collective whole around the world mm-hmm. but it keeps our balance in the world as we understand it going by appeasing these you know gods of a, mm-hmm. a long since forgotten past right um and to see her because before that the rest of this company before all hell breaks loose it's bradley whitford and that people cracking jokes and they have a, a death pool Mm-hmm. Of uh, the the kids, the Chris Hemsworth group that's out there, yeah, right. Like all, all these jokes and whatnot. Yeah. You see her be the the stern voice of this is all fine and, and good, but we <laughs> do have a job here. And if yeah. we screw up, our, like at the end when she's trying to compel the two left remaining, hey, we need to do this, otherwise Armageddon happens. And yeah. they're just like, I, eh. and they make is- the decision they make. Isn't it Bradley Whitford and uh, what's his it, face? The older uh, dude? Uh, the, the, the dad from Step Brothers, the great character yeah. actor. Yeah. Um, Vernon, Richard Vernon, I think his name is. I think. Okay. I think. But yeah. But it, you know, it's a really inventive and unique movie. And this is coming from somebody who does not watch horror, mm-hmm, but it mm-hmm. still has the horror elements. There is still creepy and psychological, uh, but there's a bunch of great humor in it. And some great visuals, action. Yeah. It just got a nice balance of everything. Some sci-fi, some psychological and thriller. Yeah. Uh, just overall, I think it's a really good movie. Yeah. I, I I thought it was fine. It's just that it's not one that I come back to and watch all the time. But that's why I didn't make okay. my list. Not because I don't think it's a good movie. It's I enjoyed it when I saw it. And, you know, I'm not the biggest horror person. Unless it's like, you know, really good horror. I don't go and 
indulge in horror, go back and watch horror movies hardly ever, unless Jaw, which Jaw, I mean, Jaws is probably one of, the, one of the rare ones that I do. Um, but uh, that one did have some interesting elements to it. Some, like you said, some making fun of it, the genre of horror, but also really <laughs> yeah. dialing into the bless you, dialing into the seriousness of it. And she does a fantastic job in the movie for sure, for sure. And Richard Jenkins was the actor's name. Richard Jenkins, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in there somewhere. Uh, yeah, he's a great actor. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, all right, so, yeah. so that was your six. Mm-hmm. All right, so then my seven is Dave, which I imagine is a punt. That is a punt. <laughs> six is Gorillas in the Mess, so should we take a break? That we should. We'll see you guys in just a second, and let's hear this word from our sponsor. All right, we're back into it, and we're going to jump into our top fives. Mm-hmm. And at five, yes, I have Ghostbusters. How dare you? Punt. It's fine. At five, I have the ice storm. Go for it. Okay. You haven't seen this one, huh? I have not seen that one. Okay. This one's pretty intense film from uh, Ang Lee. Um, it's kind of set, set in the 80s, right? As like, once again, kind of a 70s, pe- people coming out of the 70s into the 80s, and this idea of sexual liberation. And she's uh, having this affair with Kevin Klein. And uh, but it's just kind of like and they're at a key part later on. They're at a key party and key party is what they did. I guess you were like you grab the key, whoever key you grab. That's the person you have sex with that night, which is really weird to me. That's that's Mm -hmm. a step too far for me. But that's the whole kind of thing. And this she grabs the key of this younger dude. And now she's been having this affair and neither one, neither her or nor Kevin Klein want to admit it um, or reveal it. And the husband is there. And so it's all kind of this mixture of things. Plus, you get Tobey Maguire in here. And then I can't remember the young girl in the movie. She's pretty wide open with her sexuality, which really intimidates Sigourney Weaver. So she's playing this like she's the focus of the but she's like the center focus of the movie in that she's carrying all the weight of her family in this loveless marriage and these kids who, who don't like her. And she's escaping into this affair with Kevin Klein. But she is kind of come. She's coming out of her shell and exploring her power away from her family. And when she gets um, possibly set up with this younger dude, that's the chain of events that sets off everything. And so her navigating it all is just phenomenal to watch um, and incredible performance from her as an actress. Um, and you see a lot of subtlety going on in certain moments in her eyes, in her face, and even in her movements that conveys so much. So it's a film that I saw twice. I've seen twice now. Okay. And every single time I watch it, she is the reason I watch it. It is just they, walking on, uh, how can I describe it? Walking on a high wire made of ice. That's what I would say. She's that good in the film. So Okay. Yeah. Because you, you've never seen it, right? You've never seen it. I have not seen it. I'm not the yeah. biggest Ang Lee fan. <laughs> well, I mean, when he, it's pretty rare when his movies work for me. Okay. Uh, really? So like yeah. Brokeback Mountain didn't work for you. Uh I uh, which I'll is okay. Only, you know, I've only seen run. like a third half of okay. it. Okay. Okay. Um it's the other one. Oh um well you got You don't like Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon? I I think it's good. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I, I didn't have the connection that everybody else did to it. Okay. Yeah, you haven't seen The Wedding Banquet, Eat Drink, Man, Woman. What about Sense and Sensibility? No. no. Ride with the Devil? Nope. Yeah, Life of Pi? Uh, I think it's good. Okay. Gemini Man was terrible, so I'm not even going to throw that out there. 
Apparently, he's directing Thriller in Manila. So, okay. Yeah, he's directing a film about that fight. Well, well, well. I mean, I'm intrigued, but <laughs> so that's a tall bill, especially when you have When We Were Kings. Just like, yeah, you could watch that, or you could just watch the documentary that's going to be amazing. So, yeah, yeah. You're right about it. That's a hard ask. You're right about that. It is. It's like we already have perfection in film on this. It's true. Dude, I can't encourage. I don't know if you have the Criterion Collection. There's even more on the Criterion Collection. Oh, dude. Unless there's a digital version of it, which there isn't. So, no, I don't have the Criterion Collection. It's fine. Enjoy. Listen, I love the earth and I don't need all that extra packaging and stuff. (laughs) Oh, and the plastic. Oh, please. Do you know how many DVD cases are floating in the ocean right now? I don't know why. I don't know. Billions. Throwing out those DVDs. People get rid of it. In the ocean? Yep. They're like Airwolf season one. I don't need this shit anymore. They threw it in the ocean. (laughs) Manimal. Fuck that. Uh huh. Right in the ocean. (laughs) Right in the ocean. It happens a lot. It does. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. How dare you? No, this well, is... maybe that one. Maybe that one. Maybe that one. You could say that about, what, 90, 90% of them? No, I couldn't. You could. I couldn't. Uh, anyway, what's your four? Let's get to your four. Uh, my four is Dave. Okay, go ahead, man. She plays a first lady, her husband, uh, her real husband doesn't seem yeah. like that great a guy. Right. Uh, and then these, you know, second, the the first Kevin Klein takes over for the second Kevin Klein. We'll say that because the first one is the one the story's about. And you can see her fall in love with him. Like at yeah. first it's confrontational and she doesn't understand who this other individual is. And then she calls him on his bullshit. Um, because it, it basically the staff of the president is trying to to throw the wool over the the mm-hmm. eyes of the the American public, especially when uh, Langella is like signing those bills as the yeah. president, because now he gets to be the puppet master, right? You know, the Machiavelli. Uh, I'm the one that's actually pulling the strings here. Yeah. Um. And once Kevin Klein realizes that he can stand up to him because he is this no longer a figurehead, people just assume. But to watch them actually fall in love and to see her go mm. from cold and distant to him to warm and yeah. embracing. And they, they go off and they create another life for themselves. Once this is all over, it's yeah. it's a, it was a nice transition and uh, she pulls it off beautifully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with you, man. She does. She does. Uh, I don't love the film as much as other people do, although I think it's a good film. Don't get me wrong. I just don't love it or revere it as much as other people do, but she is stellar in the movie. She's absolutely good. As you said, the, the journey she goes on, it's believable. It's not like one second she's totally hates him, and the next second she's all about him. You know, it's a tran- yeah. it's a it's a slow transition, and when it happens, it's earned because it's slow because it makes sense to you that it would take this long for her to finally get on board. And when she does get on board, just like she was so adamantly against him initially, she'll be so adamantly for him, and you see it happening. You know, and you're right, the love there because clearly she did love that guy. Certainly, the looks of him played into her care for her for her. First husband, you would say, uh, the original president. Uh, so certainly that was a part of it. So what was missing was the genuine care and empathy and vulnerability. And um, mm-hmm. the new version of Dave brings that to her. So she's able to have the looks and that other part of him, the inner and the outer, finally together in, in one person. And so she's happy with that. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, might, might be attracted to 
the confidence and the power and all that stuff mm. that he has, but then simultaneously to see the heart. And that's where yeah. she really falls in love with him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let that be a lesson to you all. Make sure your heart's real. Unless you got a lot of money, then you don't have to worry about that, I guess. But yeah. That's well, it depends on what your goal is. Ultimately, <laughs> you may true. not be looking for love. That's true. In all the wrong places. Uh, all right. So then my number four is uh, Galaxy Quest. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, that, that is a punt. Ooh, interesting. All right. What's your three? My three is Aliens. That's my three. Yeah. Um, just. I wanted to put all three. One, two, and three, but I was like, right, I'm just going to limit it to two, but there's no way both of them weren't going to make it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think most people would have Aliens as their number one. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, I think the other one is just a, as far as a film-going experience, mm-hmm. it achieves more, mm-hmm. whereas Aliens is a stellar action sci-fi it film. Is. It is a fun action sci-fi film. Yeah. Yeah, but the stakes, but how much jokes there are, the stakes don't get lessened. Um, that's what I like about it. That's what I think it's rare with action films. Like I just did Red Notice or watched Red Notice, did a review of it. Mm-hmm. It's not good. I don't like the movie. I didn't think it was that good. But they tried to Shocking. throw... Yeah, I know. They tried to throw jokes in and still have these kind of crazy stakes. And I'm like, no, that, no this doesn't work. You're, you're, you're starting off in the humor place. You're not starting off in the serious place. Yeah. Whereas with aliens, they start off in the serious place and then progress to the humor because of the Marines being brought in, because that's how they deal with crazy shit like this is making jokes. And so that's part of it. And having, of course, what's his face? Um, Bill Paxton doing his thing. They're like great. Bill Paxton doing his thing helps to make the jokes even better. Yeah, one of the most iconic movie lines of all time was an ad lib. Yeah, the put her in charge. No, that game was... over, man. Oh, that was him game just throwing over, it in. Man. Game over, man. It's just so it's so weird where he starts as you know Chet into this. Yeah, right. And you think he's going to be this this kind of wasteoid type of dipshit. Yeah, character, yeah. and it's like, nah, man. He's, he's just that's the jobs he was booking. Boy, mm-hmm. he's a good actor because I believe that's who he was. Yeah, yeah. He was um, so good. He was so good. He was. In that movie. That's what that's what kills me when you know the new Charlie's Angels tanks and Elizabeth Banks says it's because men don't want to see women in action films and be like, I'm sorry, have you seen Aliens? No, no, no. Have you yeah. seen Terminator Two? Have you seen like there's yeah numerous examples where th- this is a load of hooey. Yeah, even Sansa Lambs is a female-led action film. You could argue, even though there's mystery and whatever, there's a lot. There's some action sequences, yeah. you know, and all of that. So it's a- I I wouldn't say it's an action film personally. Wow. Yeah, well, it's a suspense thriller Fine. drama. Fine. That has a couple action sequences in it. I think even Haywire is a goddamn good movie. Did it make a lot of money? No, because nobody knew Gina Carano at the time, but she does a good job in that fucking movie. Um, but yeah, she's it's all that was all cover for her. That's it was bullshit. for the movie tanking because, because nobody wanted you know. to see another Charlie's Angels. And to be honest with you, and I know this from a number of people, nobody like a lot of people don't like her in the business. So it's like she's she's got yeah. an a hubris and an arrogance. And you look. Again, male or female, I don't give a shit. Hubris and arrogance that steps on people, that's not a good thing. I don't care if you're male or female. And don't give me that societal bullshit either. It's just to me, it's like, if this is to me, you can be a good person or not be a good person. It's your choice. And so I, I just think she comes up with this stuff. Remember, she called out Spielberg. And everyone was like, what the fuck are you oh, talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every, even women were like, what are you talking about? So 
that's her just trying to promote this narrative, uh, seeking the attention, and it's unfortunate. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and yes, we're two dudes saying that. I get that, but you know, it doesn't mean our analysis necessarily. Wow. Hypocrisy has no gender. <laughs> True. Fair point. It's just saying you're you're being a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. I, I don't give a shit. You know what yeah. you you are, whether or not you know. Anyway, neither here nor yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway. I've never heard any stories about her, so mm. not not like that to where. Yeah. Uh, from a few different people that have worked with her, that you know, there have been others, mm. and ultimately bore out to be. Uh, true in a couple of cases yeah like vin diesel i don't, I don't I, you know i don't know man just throwing it out there that whole post he did earlier this week to my little brother oh so good are you kidding oh, me so good. good i loved everything about that that was rough man. just the idea that he was sitting wherever the hell he was going you know this, this is it this is gonna do it just snickering to himself as he tweeted. uh-huh i got him got him um <laughs> Oh, oh, so good. As Rocket as can buy it. and sell him 10 times over, and he's oh. over here calling him his little brother. I mean, look, the Rock is so charming. He can yeah. do another dog shit movie like Red Notice, and nobody yeah. cares. No, nobody, nobody cares. cares. Nobody. Whereas Vin doesn't even get the opportunity to make a dog shit movie like that. No. Because we all know he's a one-trick pony. Yeah, it's Fast and Furious. And it is. maybe Riddick. That's it. Uh, had you shown me another Find Me Guilty, I'd believe that you could do Find Me Guilty again. Mm-hmm. But I've seen it once. <laughs> so you know fool me twice on that man watch a man apart yikes um all right There's where are we a at lot of like that's one actor with I, I know thankfully i can never do his top 10 so we're not gonna be doing it on this show unless <laughs> unless i suddenly just leave but we will not be doing a top 10 vin diesel in my lifetime yeah, all the fasts are out. So what else you got? Same private <laughs> Ryan, first Riddick, find me guilty, and then it's what exactly? Pacifier. It's got to be in there. Pacifier. There you go. <laughs> Iron Giant, Guardians of the Galaxy. Iron Uh-oh. Giant, Guardians Uh-oh. of the Galaxy. Uh-oh. There we go. Oh, we're we're at five. We're well, close. I've got to take both Guardians. So there's six. Oh shit, Matt! You may be going back on this. And then we, well, we have to maybe after the next Guardians because there's seven. Oh, yeah, there's seven. And then are we including like Endgame? There's eight. I don't think we can include Endgame. Oh, I'm going to have to. <laughs> to get to. Oh, I see. To get to. He's going to uh, be an Avatar too. Ooh. Is he the tree they all connect to? The tree of life? <laughs> he just Life. There you go. Good job, Ben. <laughs> Boiler room. Uh-oh. Oh, I do oh, like Boiler Room. Shit. We're getting close. I do like. We are not getting close. That's I can't. Eight. You can't legitimately say. I know, but you can't legitimately say in game. No, I. You can't. No, but Boiler Room takes End Game's place. Okay, so then we're at seven. You, Saving Private Ryan, Iron Giant, Boiler uh-huh. Room, Pitch Black. Well, uh, yeah, there's only one of the Riddicks I think is good. What about Triple X? First Triple X. No. no. All right. Find me guilty. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Exactly. None Guardians of, of the Galaxy 1 and 2. Guardian, let's see. That's 7. That's 7. That is 7. <sighs> yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm not uh, taking any of the Fast and Furious. No, I think they all no. suck. Well, at least Avatar. the ones I've seen. I haven't seen them all. So in fairness. All right. If Avatar 2 is good, that would be 8. 
Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Exactly. That's nine. Yeah, but Avatar Two is going to get pushed again, and then it's going to push again. So we can't. It's like, it's like count on that. that. It's going to be twenty thirty one when it comes out. Honestly, before we can get to ten. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Riddick's coming back. Another uh, Riddick is coming back called Furia. That's coming out in twenty twenty three, I think. Mm. So my we'll man's see. not done. My man's not done. Nope. He's closer than we thought. I mean, it's closer than we thought. Do you think Furia is also the next cinematic vehicle for Michelle Rodriguez as well? Because I don't see her in anything anymore outside of Fast and Furious. No, there's a reason for that. They both have one gear. Yeah, it's true. Ironically, when you say that. Yeah. Well, I made the choice specifically. (laughs) But they both can do at this point. I think Vin could do what Michelle's just shown me every time. It's the same character in a different Mm -hmm. setting. Mm -hmm. I think the reason they bring in all those other actors that are like better actors is to make it look as if all these other actors who are not quite as good are in the same ballpark, you know, and that's not true. So. Dude, the only thing that's killing me about the Morpheus trailer is Tyrese being in the movie. Oh, yeah. Tyrese Gibson. Or Morbius or Morbius. whatever. Right, uh, right. See Tyrese and be like, oh, because I'm kind of intrigued by this. At least it's an interesting spin. Yeah, true. Very true. Uh, what and then you, you see Tyrese and be like, hey. <laughs> you're not really in things I tend to like. Go. <laughs> That's like no dice. <laughs> no dice at all. <laughs> How many people passed before you went, let's get Tyrese? Uh, probably a few, bud, which is what a lot of people are worried about, to be honest with you, because it seems odd, you know. It does. I mean, look, I interviewed the guy. I loved, I loved interviewing that guy. You have no idea where he's going to go. And it's there's such a joy in that, because you're like, fuck it, here we are. Because I, I love to do things live. So to me... This is great. Let's where are we going, man? And mm-hmm. so he was a lot of fun. You know, and the publicist, he had five publicists with him that day, man. And they were all just kind of monitoring back and forth through the through the thing. And, and he like, wonders why he's broke. Yeah. <laughs> five publicists. He's, he's like, Don't you don't talk about don't ask about the rock. Don't mention the rock. Don't talk about the rock. I go, okay, no problem. Not gonna mention it. Yeah. What does he do within five minutes? Mentions the rock. <laughs> like, well, okay. He's free too. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I, and I literally, cause I know the camera was on him. Sing, I stole, I looked at them and I was like, I, and they were both, you could see the two of them that were sitting on the table were yeah. just like this. It was brilliant, man. Just brilliant. Yeah. I just love it. The two guys whose acting chops, I question the most in that series, <laughs> take shots at the rock. You're like, guys. Yeah. It's jealousy. It's nothing else. But oh, one thousand percent. Yes, because they all think they're better. They both think they're better actors than The Rock for sure, and they both think they should have way more. Well, status. why is he getting this and I'm not? Right, exactly. Why am I not Red Notice? Like, yeah, when it's come to see you at Red Notice, bro. Especially from Tyrese's perspective, it's like I was in the start of Transformers plus all these Fast and Furious. Right, right. I am a billion dollar franchise bankable star. Why is nobody offering me standalones? And you're like, well, are we going to see you in this? Yeah, right. I mean, you know, is Josh Duhamel or Duhamel or however the fuck he pronounced his last yeah. name? Is, is he working outside of those? You know? No. I mean, he works, but not with any. Not like that. Yeah, exactly. It's just the Transformers movies. Uh, anyway. All right. Where are we at right now? I forget. Um, I have not done my deuce. So we've done, we uh, both our threes are aliens. So what's yep. your two? Yeah. My two is galaxy quest. 
Oh, it's just punt from four. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Since you're top one, go ahead, man. Um, just a really good. Yeah. Like we said before, um, with Gavin in the woods, it's skewering the original Star Trek series sure. while simultaneously it is one big massive love letter to it. Yes, absolutely. 1000%. Um, yeah. And at first you think they're making fun of, and in reality, they're adding depth and heart. Yes. Um, I mean, her being frustrated because she's repeating the computer. <laughs> and when they call her out, like, you don't need to do that. And just, I have one job. <laughs> one job. Don't take that away from me. And like being flustered and underneath when there's all those moving pistons or whatnot. Yeah. Like, why would you design it like this? Like I, they based it on the TV show and the TV show has to be like, this doesn't make sense. Just being her being flustered. Yeah. She, she's the realist thing oh, yeah. in there. Oh yeah. Her and guy, I think are the two realist. <laughs> Cause Tony Shalhoub's like just nonchalance is a great character, but I don't know if that person exists. Right. Right. Uh, just to really be like, hey, whatever, man, aliens, I'm making out with the tentacle thing. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, but her grounding them as a whole. Mm-hmm. And I will say, boy, I don't know that she's ever looked sexier. Yeah, I agree with that. She looks really sexy in the movie. Absolutely. No just, doubt about it. I mean, the body hugging leotards like that, not flattering on me. <laughs> I know that much. Ditto. I I wouldn't want to put on a wetsuit right now, let alone do you know that type of skin hugging uh, suit in front of millions of people. Right, right. Um, but you know, but the film works on so many levels, right? Because I mean, it's like you've got Alan Rickman playing the whole like oh put upon actor, yeah, kind of Shakespearean guy. actor, exactly. And then you've got Sigourney doing, and then you've got Tim Allen with his ego playing essentially William Shatner, and then you have hey, what she's doing. It's playing Tim Allen. Ah, yeah, okay. he's playing Shatner, but he's, I think he's, you know what I mean? Tapping into a lot of himself. And oh, that. maybe probably true as he's been a lead in a couple things for sure. Yeah. But with Sigourney is also this whole idea of what the, what the woman's job was on a ship like that in back in the fifties and sixties. Right. So it's that kind of thing of how marginalized. So the fact that she's more, she wanted to be more involved in it and becoming more involved in it is where you see all the the stuff going down and she's like, this makes no sense. So it's just brilliant how she's, you know, kind of navigating all of this and her and Rickman have an uh, an alliance against Tim Allen throughout the movie, which is very funny. So uh, yeah, she's great. Just great. Um, And very funny and and uh, so essential to that movie to make that movie work for sure. Yeah. She's key. If they, Mm -hmm. although I think they did that for a lot of the casting, across the board if you swap yeah. somebody else in for this i'm not sure it works yeah here as well yeah even the main alien guy enrico whatever his name is from fucking just shoot me he's great that's the oh on the good guy i thought you meant the winged uh villain but yeah oh no he's no, no he's good fantastic they're yeah. weird cadences and the uh talking <laughs> uh, 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 uh. yeah <laughs> the laughing the historical records <laughs> it's and all the choices were so good. Yeah, yeah. And Missy Powell was great as well. She was very cute in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so then my number two, uh, my number two is Ghostbusters, which is the pun from earlier. Yep, my five. Yeah, I mean, she's, look, she's um, she's a central part in that she is the motivation for Bill Murray and all of that. And everything is happening in her apartment. So 
her navig her de- dealing with all the stuff that she's dealing with here, the back and forth with Murray, um, you know, and then when everything starts to happen, how she is as um, the demon that she is in the movie and all, how all that goes down. Just really great stuff. Uh, I think she does. Uh, you know, it's, it's an all boys club in that Ghostbusters thing. Of course you got Annie Potts, but like mm-hmm. it's an all boys club. And then she comes along to kind of like, mess it up a little bit and, and have her own thoughts on how everything is going. And she gives as good as she gets, you know? And so I, I like that about her performance in the movie, very strong commanding performance. She's not pushed around. She's not playing the love interest. She's very much her own person in the film. Um, and has her own uh, moments, you know, to really kind of show what she can do. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I Plus she gives a nice, side story yeah a, the natural gravitation would be like i just want to spend time with all the ghostbusters right. so this over here is kind of a distraction with bill murray going off with her and she's got her old symphony thing yeah and whatnot um but it adds to it overall and i think it's the chemistry that she and murray have mm-hmm. and also the ease and confidence that she brings into the scenes yeah um I, you know a lot of times in a movie like this i'm just like i just kind of want to live with who I'm here to see. Yeah. And I really think if you pull her out of the movie, it, uh, I, that is too much of a good thing mm-hmm. type of situation with, you know what? Being away from the Ghostbusters as a whole really helps, uh, accentuate and yeah. makes the moments with them all the more enjoyable. And then her scenes with Murray are just fantastic. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. They have a stellar back and forth between them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so then our shared number one yeah. is is Alien. Alien, that's right, the number one. How can it not be, for God's sakes? Yeah. She's so good. And she doesn't even start out as the lead in the movie. That's what makes the movie work so well. Just like the thing, same thing, right? Like, mm. it's that Kurt Russell's not the lead of the movie initially. And then, because all this stuff starts to happen, Kurt Russell's the one who kind of becomes the leader. Same thing here with um, Alien. It's Tom Scared who's essentially the leader. And then as people get picked off because they were too stupid to listen to her. Cause she's, I think she's the security chief or whatever. And she eventually is the one that's uh, left standing and she's great as the film progresses. And as she has more and more screen time showing you what she can do with that screen time. So, yeah, it's a movie that I came to years after mm. aliens Two. I rented aliens Two when I was a little kid and I was way too young to watch it. Right. And uh, had a sleepover to friends and we rented that and another R rated movie. And uh, I was scared out of my mind, and I loved every second of it. Hmm. Uh, but then I watched Aliens so many times over oh, the yeah. years that it wasn't until college, uh, I think it was a sophomore or junior, and hmm. Alien was on. I was like, ah, I should check this out. You know what I mean? Right. I've never seen it. And I was blown away yeah. by how captivating I found it. The psychological thriller nature of it mm-hmm. uh, is so taut and suspenseful. Yeah. And you know, siding with her when like, you can't bring them in. Yeah. You you're like just watching at home going, you can't know what, what is this? And the corporate interests overtaking, basically you are collateral for this could be worth trillions Yeah, in the military industrial complex. And you are nothing but a uh, chattel. Yeah. You can all die. As far as the company's concerned, Wayland doesn't give a shit about you. Wayland Corp. Yeah. Wayland can replace you. Yeah. So you don't exist. You are expendable. This is unique. This right. is a snowflake. There's only one like this, and there's a million like you. Um, yeah, exactly. 
yeah, it's just like, oh, it's so disgusting. But I love that. No, you can't bring no, no. And I remember watching going, oh, this is this is where it goes sideways. Yep. Because because first it's like, oh, this is our friend, man. You're not going to tell us not to bring in our friend. Yeah. And then it's the company thing, as you said. So as soon as that that is, but of course, uh, Ash is kind of influenced this, influencing this decision, influencing this to happen because as the android on the ship, he could have also easily made sure, like, hey, no, this is these are the regulations. Mm -hmm. You can't bring that thing on board. We got to wait to see what happens in a containment chamber or something outside the ship. But because Ash doesn't say anything and actually encourages them to bring the thing on, he's got his ulterior motives as commanded to by Wayland. So, yeah, yeah, he's got a different prime directive that they yeah. don't know about. Yeah. Uh, you know, much like David in Prometheus. Mm -hmm. It's just like there are ulterior motives working against what you assume were going to be the norms and rules. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Alien is stellar and she is awesome in it. She is. She is. Um, all right, well, there you go. That's our top 10 uh, Sigourney Weaver movies. I'm sure, I'm sure most of you guessed the alien would be at number one, so uh, no surprise there, but uh, some interesting variations on both of our lists. We're going to compile it now into one overall list, and that'll be our official top 10 Sigourney Weaver movies ever for this date. So let's just put it down. So, I would guess it goes alien, then aliens. Yeah, it looks like. And then Galaxy Quest Ghostbusters. Yeah, because Galaxy Quest is four for mine. Where is it on yours? Two? Two, and then Ghostbusters was two, five. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, all right. And then Dave, I've got that at four. I have that at seven. I don't think we have any other commonality that's higher than that. Okay, where are we at right now? It's one through five done. What about Gorillas in the Mist? Do we put that on there? Uh, no, I have that at seven. Where do you have that? Oh, six. Okay. Gorillas in the Mist. Okay. And Avatar's up already, or no? It is not. I have that at okay. 10, you have it at 8? Yeah, yeah. We have, we're have we at number 7 here, so we have 7, 8, 9, and 10 left. Do you want Avatar at 7? Have we done Dave? Yes. Okay, yeah, I mean, that's fine with me, because it's close enough to where we had it ranked anyway. All right, well, then that's all our commonality. What's your next highest? Uh, If we did Aliens, Alien, Ghostbusters, Galaxy, I, the Ice Storm at number 5. All right, the Ice Storm it is. Yeah. I got my 6. Do you have your 6, or...? Uh, Gorillas in the Mist was my six, so no. Okay. So Cabin in the Woods, and okay. then I have my eight. Oh, yeah. Could you get in? Because uh, I do not have my... Uh, my eight's already on there, Avatar. Uh, okay, all right. Cool. Done. That was easy. Awesome. Yeah, all right, here we go. The top 10 Sigourney Weaver movies, yeah! At number 10. Copycat. At number nine. The Cabin in the Woods. At number eight. The Ice Storm. At number seven. Avatar. At number six. Gorillas in the Mist. At number five. Dave. At number four. Ghostbusters. At number three. Galaxy Quest. At number two. Aliens. And our number one Sigourney Weaver movie is... Is Alien. Alien. Boom. Yeah. There it is. Well, hopefully everybody in the Woo. chat came up with their own uh, list. Yeah. They're watching live. Yeah. And uh, let us know. We got a various social media links. Hit us up. Let us know what yours was. It's uh, at Top 10 Show on Twitter and on Instagram and YouTube. It is forward slash the Top 10 Podcast with the number 10. But uh, yeah, we'd love to know. So mm -hmm. please hit us up. And our thanks to everybody that's uh, 
uh, was able to make the uh, slightly later start today. Yes. Apologies um, again on my end. Apologies. Apologies. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. It happens. We got through it and we had uh, a number of people show up and uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed today's show. And yeah. if you'd like to watch once again, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. And uh, we email you a link twice a month and yep. you can join us on our YouTube page when it goes out. And uh, you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. Check out Settle the Score and Drop in Dimes. And that is it for me this week. Well, you can follow me at The Roca Says on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, and if you want to head over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash John Roca, we just crossed 19,100 subscribers. Come aboard the train uh, there as well. And uh, my other podcasts, The uh, Cinephiles and The Geek Buddies, out there for you all to enjoy. And on Twitch, The Outlaw Nation on Twitch as well. Just giving a little love there. Uh, but yeah, thank you all so much. As Matt said, thanks for dealing with our technical difficulties or my technical difficulties. I appreciate it madly. And uh, thank you to Matt for his patience. Thank you to you all very much. And uh, we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode live or otherwise of the top 10. Take care. Peace. Ooh.